Introducing Real Estate People. They were the Bills. What are you talking about, Willis? We're the real estate people. People, 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 people. So you're almost there. You are you can see the finish line. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel. The light is growing. You're you're like almost in the clear. The keys are just out of reach. You've gone through all the process, all the emotions, all the decision making of finding an eight well, first deciding that you're gonna buy a house, finding an agent, getting pre approved, looking for a bunch of houses, offering on some, some maybe you didn't get. Maybe maybe someone else got it and there were some emotions involved with that, but you finally got one under contract. You offered and the seller accepted your offer. The attorneys, they approved of the paperwork. You've uh What's the next step? You uh, do you do your inspection, and then you decide what to do after that. You know, and for whatever reason, like whether you negotiated with the seller or you've decided to do something about it, or you just accept it as is. You have moved forward beyond the the inspection. Um, put the deposit. You put down. the deposit down. You put some skin in the game. Bank did their inspection via the appraisal. Yes. Mortgage commitment in hand. Yeah. Banks committed to funding the deal. What a whirlwind. And at this point, I mean, you just like, you're you're almost ready to collapse, I feel like. Feel for a like, lot of people. Yeah, weathered. Like, holy yeah. crap, that it's was a lot. crazy. I remember when I bought my first house, I, I didn't even know, most of the time I didn't even know what point of the process we were in. My only goal was to check my emails often and to do the things that were on my desk that day. I, I had a list of things. I'm like, I'm not going to be the one that holds this up. As long as I do my stuff, if it doesn't work out, I can blame somebody else, but I'm not going to be the one. And that's really important too. I mean, when you're at this step of the process, when, when the bank actually gives you your clear to close and the light is there and the keys are almost in your hand, it's really important to check your email often, stay in constant communication with everyone involved, make sure you're doing your stuff. Um, uh, what's the other thing? Oh, look over the documentation. You know, look over the um, the closing statement. Make sure that you understand all that stuff. Ask your agent if you don't. Ask your attorney, whoever you need to ask. Uh, make sure you understand. And don't make any major financial changes. You know, don't go right to the, the end. don't go to the casino and spend a thousand bucks or or lose a thousand dollars. Don't make any like. Don't open up a new credit card or apply for a different loan or anything like that. You push want to, the new car off a couple yeah. days. Yeah, you want everything to stay the same because you're almost there. Yeah, and it's like it's important because it's about to be yours. Like mm-hmm. you're about to have total responsibility for this house, how the house works, what doesn't work, what does work, what needs to be fixed. It's about to be yours. Mm-hmm. And once you get the clear to close, then you're actually scheduling the day. The day when you go and make it all final. The bank's lawyer, your lawyer, and the seller's lawyer are all going to get together and figure out what day does it make sense for everybody to meet to sign off uh, on transferring the title and getting you keys. But before that, there's one more very important thing, the final walkthrough. Yes, it's true. It's typically, so if you're buying a house that like the seller lives in, you know, chances are there's going to be like some stuff in that house the day you go for the final walkthrough. Um, but this 
This event normally happens like one or two days before the closing date when the seller has all of their stuff out of the house. And the purpose of the final walkthrough is to make sure the house is in the same condition the day before closing as it was the day you inspected the property. And we just talked about inspections. That's one of the big values of that inspection report is it documents the condition of the house the day of that inspection, which is what you could expect it to be on that day before closing. Yeah, it's like when I used to go camping and we'd set up the whole campsite and at the end we'd all be cleaning up and my parents would say, we want to we want to leave it as clean or cleaner than where we found it. And yeah. that's that's what you're expecting. And the final walkthrough, there's even some language on the contract, broom swept condition. That means all the garbage is out, all the furniture, unless it was agreed between you and the seller that they're leaving something, everything should be gone unless it was, like they say, nailed, glued, or screwed to the house. So right. all the bookshelves, all the furniture, all the garbage, and it's at least swept. The first thing I do when I'm accompanying final walkthroughs for buyers is I get there, I turn on the hot water in every single fixture to make sure there's hot water coming out of every fixture, and then I leave the cold on, right? And just let water run through this house. Look underneath the cabinets for in the bathroom and in the kitchen to make sure there's no leaks under the sinks. Go down in the basement as that water is running. Make sure there's nothing leaking from those pipes. Turn on every switch. Make sure every light works. Crank the heat up. Make sure there's heat coming out of every register. If it's warm enough, AC. Those are some of the bare bare minimums, right? Yeah, Yeah. check the AC. Make sure it's blowing cold air out of every register. This is your last opportunity to make sure that the house that you're intending to own is in the condition that's acceptable uh, well, you still have a chance to do something about it. After this final walkthrough, after that deed's recorded, after the seller gets the money from the bank or the seller's lawyer, it's it's yours. It's, yours. <laughs> it's your problem. So uh, in one of the last episodes, I talked about a buyer who just uh, closed very recently. They had a driveway that was too short for the garage. And so you'd need like a ATV or something to get into the garage and worked it out with the seller uh, that they would put money in a escrow account so that when the weather warms up, they can pour new concrete. So that was as a result of the inspection. The inspector found that that was an issue. We negotiated with the seller. The seller decided they're going to pay for it, but we had to wait for nice weather. So, and there was some other stuff on the inspection, the PINA as well, things that we were expecting the seller to do. The final inspection is for that too, to make sure all that work is done and done in a satisfactory way, the way that the seller said they were going to do it. Right. And if it if some of that work includes like licensed trades, like an electrician upgrading electrical service or a furnace being uh, replaced prior to the final walkthrough, uh, you can ask for receipts for that work because it says on that inspection release that work to be done by qualified licensed and um, contractors. Mm hmm. So that is, it's a good point. It's your opportunity to make sure all that work that was requested at the home inspection release is complete, is satisfactory, is functional. Yeah. It's in operation and it's it's about to be yours at X amount of dollars per month to own that house and to live in it. Yeah. In that one, there was um, the AC unit outside wasn't properly connected to the furnace and I missed that. And so did the buyer because they had never, they've never owned something. They don't know how AC works. And so during the inspection, they found that. So we made sure that was done. Um, there was like when we were running the water, some water splashed out of the, the bath and, and it was kind of like dripping in between the, the tub and where the tile is. So we had them caulk that. 
just like all these little things that we found. Oh, the the bathroom vent. When we went up into the uh, attic crawl space, we noticed that the vent was just going into the the like insulated part of the the crawl space. It Not wasn't even going through anywhere. the roof. Yeah, it was just going into there, which is yeah. like you're gonna get mold up there and everything. And so that was another thing. Like, hey, we need this vented outside. It was a flip, and it looked really nice. But some of the stuff they cut some corners there. Yeah, we live in a buyer beware state. It's up yeah. to the buyer to determine what's wrong with the house before closing on it. After closing, if there's issues that weren't caught during the process, um, it's really hard to to uh, sue somebody unless it was like a blatant intentional material defect that they hid. Uh, it's going to be very hard to get reimbursed or feel val- validation post closing. Mm. So final walkthroughs, like run your systems, run your heat, run your electrical, turn that shit on, make sure it works. Cause if it doesn't work the day after and the paperwork's recorded then you're going to have to call somebody to fix it. So it's an important day. It is. There can be some pressure involved too, because I keep mentioning this one story, but it's perfect for what we're talking about. Um, the final walkthrough was on like the 29th and their lease at their apartment ended on the 30th. They needed to close on the 30th so that on the the day after their lease ended, they could be in that house. Right. So to make that smooth. That's good to get it down to the day like that. Yeah. Lease but, ends. I mean, we were hoping to get it a little early close so that they could have a week to actually move. They'd have access to both spaces, but it just didn't work out that way. Um, That's part of the emotional nature of these owner-occupied transactions. Like, you might have sold something that's closing on the same day as the one you're supposed to buy. And if there's an issue at these final walkthroughs, that could push closing on your house, right? You know, because you might have to push closing on your house because something's not right and people need time to now figure this stuff out. Well, let me ask you a question then. As like, you've been doing this a long time. I'm relatively new. So just advice. In that case, if we would have found that stuff wasn't done and closing had to be pushed to a later date, but they had to be out of their apartment the next day. What could you do? What could I have done differently to make sure that we would have a little bit of time? Do the final walkthrough earlier? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, sometimes you you have to wait to do the final walkthrough until the person has all their belongings out of the house. If you do the final walkthrough too early, the seller's still going to have a bunch of stuff there. The property, like you mentioned, per the contract, is supposed to be delivered broom swept. And then you're going to have to go back again like an hour before closing to make sure the seller took all their belongings out of there. Can you... Can you like work out a deal where you still close on time and you're able to move in, but there's like a, is there a way to actually move in? And you can get an early occupancy. Okay. You can close. Okay. Okay. That's what I mean. Or you could close and put money in escrow and deal with it after closing. And that money in escrow is not going to get released until everyone signs off on that escrow agreement. I mean, the buyer does that? Yeah, but the buyer does that. You said uh, put money in escrow. Right, so if you need to close today and something's not right, then both parties can agree to putting a certain amount of money in escrow that now when those issues are done post-closing, that escrow money would get released back to the person who's putting the money in escrow per the escrow agreement. Okay. So yes, there's ways to, you know, like make shit happen, 
but you know, at that point, now you're going to own the house, have money in escrow, be relying on somebody else to sign off on an escrow agreement. So it gets, it could get dicey, but look at communication and integrity go a long way in this type of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you communicate well and you're doing the right thing and you're dealing with the reasonable person on the other side, you'll be able to figure it out. Yeah. Luckily for these people, everything was done great. They even sent us pictures before we showed up. Dude, some of the stuff like in the crawl space, they're like, hey, just so you don't have to climb up here, here's a video and a picture of the work that was done. So that was good. And if there's issues at the final walkthrough, like as an agent, take pictures of those issues because you're going to need that documentation to go to your attorney to say, hey, make sure that you don't close on this property until these things are figured out and here's the proof that they're not done. Mm -hmm. And if the seller is unwilling to do them the day before closing, then we're going to want compensation for having to remove all the stuff that the seller refused to take out of the garage or whatever other issues that could be present at the time of that final walkthrough. Yeah. I just, I keep thinking of these examples of things that have happened like in a competitive market a couple of years ago when interest rates were really low and there was 30 offers on, you would, I think at that point you said you could sell a doghouse for $300,000. Yeah. Um, we had just to make our offer more competitive, we had offered the seller to leave whatever they didn't want to take with them behind and not worry about cleaning the house. So that's just pure as is condition. Like, Pack However up what you, you want. This was like a um, an elderly woman who was moving out, and she didn't have a lot of help doing it. And we thought, man, this would really make our offer more desirable to her to say, don't worry about getting everything out. Don't worry about sweeping. Take what you need. Leave the rest. We'll take care of it. And that actually got us the deal. And that's an example of final walkthrough where it doesn't have to be broom swept because we, we actually worked out a deal with the seller that that was okay, and it was in the contract. So. Final, dude, I've seen these situations where I was representing the seller where the buyer never even did their final walkthrough. Like, if a buyer doesn't know that they get the opportunity to walk through the house the day before and their agent doesn't tell them that they have that right, there's been situations where I've seen people close on properties and not even do their final walkthrough. And when I'm on the list side of that transaction working with the seller, I'm not going to be like proactive to the buyer's agent, like, hey, you didn't schedule your final walkthrough yet. Like that's your responsibility as the buyer's agent and the buyer to make sure you get the opportunity to perform your final walkthrough, which it's in the contract that you have the right to do that as the buyer. Mm -hmm. So make sure you're doing your final walkthroughs. Make sure you're not just like willy nilly, just walking through, looking at how pretty the fixtures or the paint is like turn that water on, turn those switches on, run that furnace. Yeah. Because it's about to be yours. Or if you have a good agent, your agent's going to be crawling under the cabinets, making sure everything's good while you're willy-nilly looking at the, the yeah. fixtures and, and stuff. And if, if they're not doing that, then yeah. you should have figured something else out a while ago. Okay, so then uh, we do the final walkthrough, and then there's that cl closing statement. Um, and that shows the distribution of proceeds, how much money needs to be brought to closing, where all that money goes. You want to talk about that a little more? Yeah, the closing statement is a document that's prepared by the lawyers that's prorated down to the day of closing. So it's oftentimes people close in the middle of the month, and it's oftentimes like sellers would have already paid their taxes for the year, right? And now they need to get reimbursed for the taxes that they paid already that they're not going to own the house during that period anymore. So the closing statement prorates the taxes. 
If it's a rental situation, it prorates the rent amounts. If there are security deposits that the tenants have, because it's multifamily, those security deposits are going to transfer transfer to the new owner by way of that um, closing statement. And then it's going to show the distribution of all the funds, who to write checks out to, how much is the transfer tax, the recording fees, how many affidavits are there for whatever you need an affidavit for on closing a deal because it's in a corporation name or whatever the reason may be. So it goes deep. It's a very detailed statement about how all of these funds are distributed, how much cash from the buyer's perspective you need to bring, who to make those checks out to. And if, uh, and every lawyer like builds these a little bit differently, there's no uniformity to type a document. So unless you've read these hundreds of times, uh, you're not going to necessarily know like what it all means or if it's correct. And there are times on that closing statement where that's done wrong and lawyers miss shit, right? They might not have a credit on there that was agreed upon at the inspection. They might have the wrong amount in there for the deposit that the buyer actually put down on the house. So you really should be going line by line on these closing statements as the agent or as the consumer to make sure that the distribution of these funds is what was agreed upon. Because again, if it gets recorded and you get your keys and that's done, it's going to be very hard to overcome that stuff after the fact. So if your agent isn't sitting down with you reviewing the closing statement, uh, you're not getting the best possible service that you can get on a transaction, in my opinion. Damn, that's that's like heavy. That's, um, that's the money. Yeah. So it, it really goes into this idea of vetting the right people and building a team around you that's going to support you, that you can trust, that's going to be looking at this stuff. The most important part is that then. Yeah, and our transaction coordinator is workflow, right? When she gets the clear to close, she makes sure that there's a task in her workflow to make sure that the agent sits down with the consumer to review the closing disclosure or the closing statement, no matter which side of the deal you're on, because it mm-hmm. could be wrong to the buyer's advantage or the seller's advantage, but it's very important to get all of this stuff right, right at the end. And it's often overlooked uh, for many different reasons, but as the consumer, drive your ship, mm-hmm. read your closing statement. If you don't know something, call your lawyer. They're not going to charge you per call like you, like most lawyers charge for service. It's a flat fee with real estate. Right. Like lean on the lawyer that you're paying to close that transaction for you. Who is the person that's responsible for preparing that statement? And mm-hmm. as the agent go above and beyond and make sure your consumer knows every single line item that's on there. It's, it's extremely important. That's good. It's someone's money. Like that's what a really good real estate agent does. They really understand that this is not my money. This is your money. You're making this decision. I'm helping you execute and I'm going to make sure there's nothing you don't know about during this process. That's good. So then after closing statement, you've done your final walkthrough. Now the closing. Let's talk about what that looks like. Where is it? What's involved? Who's going to be there? What happens after? You know? Yeah. The lawyers all worked that out, right? Pre-COVID, everyone was meeting at the clerk's office where you as the buyer you as the seller, both of your lawyer representatives would be there and you would like sign all the pay- counter or sign and countersign all the paperwork. There's the exchange of checks, the exchange of keys, shake hands, go your separate way. And, uh, it's yours. So I made a couple notes here. Um, you're signing all the documents to transfer the ownership. 
of the property to you. And it, it usually, I think it now after COVID, not after COVID, but toward the tail end of it, um, it takes place at the title company or the attorney's office a lot of times. Yep, you'll go to your lawyer's office, sign your documents, they'll get it to the seller side, they'll sign yeah. theirs, and then one of the attorneys will be responsible for going down to the clerk's office and actually recording that deed. Okay. So the recording of the transfer takes place at the clerk's office. Okay. You can close at your lawyer's office, uh, sign paperwork. You, you, they'll figure out where, to, where everyone's closing. Um, and, and most people involved in the transaction will be there if it's at a physical location. It's not customary for the real estate agent to be there. That's like really above and beyond if you're attending that every closing with all of your customers. It's a really nice but what touch. It, so the real estate agent would be there just for moral support to celebrate with you. They're not needed no. in person to be there. But you should have done the prep work, right? The, yeah. Making yeah. sure the buyer understands you're it up. the disclosures, making sure the closing statement's accurate, and then they would go down and record and close and take yep. ownership. So you're paying closing costs, any fees involved. You're signing the deed over to yourself. Um You'll need your photo ID, usually? Yes, they, they do ask for front and back of the... Um, proof of homeowner's insurance? Yep. And a cashier's check for the closing costs. Yeah, those need to be certified funds. Yeah. No personal checks at the closing statement, just because if you hand over personal checks and then they go to record and those checks bounce, they might have already recorded those documents before the checks cleared. So it always has to be certified checks at the closing table. Okay. And you could wire all the money to your lawyer and your lawyer cut the checks for you, or you have to go to the bank and say, hey, I need a check for 135000 to Cheryl Stein's office, and then a check for 1800 to Erie County Clerk. And your lawyer is going to tell you on that closing statement exactly how to write these, pro how to write these checks out. Okay. And then the distribution of the funds happens by the seller's lawyer. Okay. As far as closing costs go, it, it all depends on how much your deposit was earlier on, right? If you have more than enough to cover closing costs in your deposit, you get a credit back, right? Yeah, if you have more money in deposit than actual cash needed to close, then the escrow agent, like we've talked about, the listing broker would then send the overage of that deposit back to the appropriate party. Okay, but if you owe more, that's where you're bringing more. Yeah, okay. And once all the documents are signed and everyone gets paid and, and all that, the keys are in your hand. Can you go right to the house? Like Right to yours. the house. Oh, transfer utilities is very important at this stage here. Making sure that uh, your the day of closing, you transfer the utilities for that property into your name. So there's no interruption in the electric, gas, or water service. Okay. Right, so that you have those utilities upon owning. So the seller will call and take that stuff out of their name. And the buyer will call after and pick it up. So there's no gap in. How soon before closing are you supposed to do that? So everyone's a little bit different. We tell our sellers, you know, go a couple of days after the closing date to give the buyer enough time to make these calls and transfer the utilities into their name. Uh, but you should be doing this at the day of closing. Okay. So you, you got the key, you put it on your key ring. It's going to live there from now on. You get in your car and you can drive right to the house. Yep. And now it's time to start looking for investments. <laughs> right to close on that one but it's a fun process it's an extremely rewarding process in the long run yeah real estate is a very forgive 
forgiving asset in the long run. Um, it's kind of the nature of our economy, right? It's a big part of the GDP of, of America is real estate. And real estate is a bet that inflation exists. And I think we all know that inflation is a pretty real thing. And if inflation is 3% this year, 10% next year, 20 the next, your house is going to appreciate in value with those inflation rates. And uh, that's how this, it's a really big part of how our economy in America works. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that I bought my house in Kenmore eight years ago and to know how much it's appreciated in the last eight years is crazy. Dude, it's insane. <laughs> it really is. It's, it's cr- every year for the last 10 years, it's appreciated like at least 6%. Yeah, which means if you've done nothing to your house, and market conditions support a good seller's market, mm-hmm. that you're going to be able to get more money for your house next year that you paid this year. If yeah, inflation. Yeah, I up. literally I have somebody who bought a house in Kenmore in 2021. They want to sell now, and it's worth like 40 grand more than it was. And they didn't do anything, dude. It's where most people's equity. It's where most people's cash is is yeah. in their house. Yeah. Well, this is really fun. I'm glad we did this, and I hope it's useful to everyone who watched and listened. Um, we will continue to do the podcast. I think the format's going to change a little bit, but I really look forward to it. Yeah, this is a little eight-part series on the different components that exist while buying a house. Listen to them, understand them. If you have any questions, ask the pro- you know ask anybody but the appropriate parties, and it could be it will be a rewarding experience if you buy the house right. 100%. Thanks for listening and watching, everyone. See you later.